Howdy folks, you're listening to Smarticus Tells History, the podcast where we discuss some of the wacky and crazy stories your friends may have told you. So sit down, have a beer or two, and let's learn a thing or two. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the very first episode of the show, and I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out of your very busy day to listen to little old me. Now, everyone has a favorite soft drink. Myself, I'm a Mountain Dew man, but everyone has one, right? Right. But do you ever think that you love it so much that you would buy it in exchange for a bunch of old obsolete military equipment? Well, the Russians thought so. You see, in 1959, President Eisenhower wanted to bring American culture to the Soviet Union to show the benefits of capitalism. And the way that he would achieve this goal was to have an American national exhibition that would be arranged at a park in Moscow. He would then send in Richard Nixon, who at the time was a vice president. Now, this exhibition was supposed to showcase to the Russian people the American culture and what exactly the average American household would look like. Houses would be full of products from companies such as Disney, IBM, Pepsi, and many others, as well as new appliances like the washing machine. When Nixon arrived at the exhibit, he met with the Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev and spoke about communism, capitalism, weapons, and everything in between except the American appliances shown at the exhibition. You see, this exhibition was right in the middle of the ongoing Cold War that lasted about 45 years from 1945 to 1991, so tensions were already extremely high. Anyways, this discussion eventually turned into a heated argument that would go down in history as the Great Kitchen Debate. It got so out of hand that Nixon's longtime friend, Donald M. Kendall, who happened to be the vice president at Pepsi, had to put a stop to it and offered the Soviet leader a Pepsi, which he then drank. You see, Mr. Kendall had actually set the whole thing up. Well, apart from the heated argument itself. He had approached Nixon the night before as the head of Pepsi's international division and told Nixon that he just had to get a Pepsi into Khrushchev's hand to prove that the whole trip was worthwhile. For some reason, Nixon agreed. And boy did he deliver on his part. According to Kendall, Russia was a land of opportunity for Pepsi's expansion and his own growth. You see, Kendall wanted a photograph taken once Khrushchev had taken a drink of his Pepsi. Kendall himself made sure to hand it to him in the hopes that it would accelerate Kendall's career. Lo and behold, six years later, Kendall was promoted as Pepsi's CEO. Let's fast forward to 1972 now. The Soviets had fallen in love with Pepsi and wanted to strike a deal with the company. The deal was that the Soviet Union would buy Pepsi and that they would pay in the form of vodka. You see, at this time in history, it was illegal to export the Soviet ruble and it wasn't accepted anywhere else in the world anyways. This made it extremely difficult, and thus, the barter deal was struck. Luckily, the vodka known as Stoli was widely popular in the U.S., and it was the first premium vodka to be imported to the U.S. To this day, it's still one of the most preferred vodkas in the world. Fast forward again to 1989, and it was time for Pepsi's original deal with the Soviet Union to be renewed. Well, due to the boycotting that was going on during that time frame, the vodka was no longer going to cut it. While the Soviet Union still wanted Pepsi... Pepsi no longer wanted Soviet Union vodka anymore. Something else was going to have to take its place. Now, keep in mind, the Cold War was coming to a close. So what did the Soviet Union now have a surplus amount of? That's right, you guessed it, military ships and equipment. In spring of 1989, Pepsi exchanged Pepsi products to the Soviet Union for 17 submarines and three warships, including a frigate, cruiser, and a destroyer. Once trade was complete, Pepsi was officially the world's sixth largest navy. It was estimated that the deal itself was worth 3 billion buckaroos, taking in the account of sales over a decade, which was supposed to be the largest deal ever between an American company and the Soviet Union. 
Pepsi even managed to work in a deal to bring the franchises of Pizza Hut and Taco Bell over to the Soviet Union. Then, just a few days later, Pepsi ended up selling all the old military equipment to Sweden for scrap metal. Now, the record shows that the Pepsi company jokingly told President Bush's security advisor at the time that they were disarming the Soviet Union faster than they were. Unfortunately, in 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed, which took with it Pepsi's deal of the century. Practically overnight, Pepsi had to suddenly begin protecting its assets due to new borders being made around the country, price inflations, and other privatizations. Ships that were being constructed for Pepsi were left half-built and stranded in the newly independent country of Ukraine, who now wanted part of the sales. Instead of dealing with one single country, Pepsi now had to broker new deals with 15 other countries. This allowed for Coca-Cola to come in and sweep many deals off the market from Pepsi. Then after only a few years, they beat Pepsi out of Russia's most popular cola. Today, Russia is still Pepsi's second biggest market, the United States being the first. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is how Pepsi had at one point in time become the world's sixth largest military. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you have heard any wacky and crazy stories that you want told here, you can go to our Facebook page at Smarticus Tales History and leave a comment. Now, with that being said, I'll see you next time, and you guys have a wonderful, fantastic, and awesome day. Bye now.